Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, a podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin. So Kevin, we did an episode on ice baths recently, and some listeners wrote in asking the opposite question about saunas. Do saunas and steam rooms offer any health benefits? Well, yes. Yes, they do. And it's not just the positive effects like relaxation, actually. There has been a lot of research into the health benefits and risks that come from sauna usage. Most research studies have focused on the Finnish sauna specifically. They found that sauna bathing leads to some mild heat stress, which actually activates heat shock proteins responsible for repairing misfolded proteins. And this whole kind of mechanism promotes longevity as well as protection against muscle atrophy and chronic illness. So there is some evidence that regular weekly exposure to saunas can reduce the risk of sudden cardiac death. And they found that the risk reduction is correlated with duration and also frequency of use of said sauna. Don't some people also say that saunas help their skin? Yeah, some people definitely make that argument. But the actual evidence for the use of sauna for things like depression or skin disorders is still insufficient and a little bit inconclusive. So what actually happens to your body when you get into a sauna? Can you explain that? How hot does your body get? Right, so just to set the the baseline, a sauna is simply a small room or building designed as a place to experience very dry or wet heat sessions, right? Uh, And it's the the steam and the high heat uh, that makes the, the person, you know, perspire and sweat. And so a sauna's, you know, dry heat can get as high as something like 185 degrees Fahrenheit or 85 degrees Celsius. So it has these profound effects on the body of being in that temperature range so high. Within just a few minutes, your skin temperature scores to about 104 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees Celsius. And the average person will sweat out like a whole pint of sweat during a short stint in a sauna. Your pulse rate might jump by 30% or more allowing the heart to nearly double the amount of blood it pumps each minute. And most of the extra blood flow is directed towards the skin. In fact, the circulation actually shunts blood away from, you know, the internal organs. So going back to the heat, here's a question that a number of people have asked. How is it that I can sit in a 185 degree Fahrenheit or 85 degree Celsius sauna and I don't get burned? Whereas if I were to take water of the same temperature, spill it on my arm, I'd definitely either burn or get a blister. In a nutshell, water has just more energy in a smaller space and also transfers that energy much faster than the air. Uh, So with the first point, the technical explanation is that water has something called a high heat capacity. And that means that even a small change in temperature for water is equivalent to a large change in that energy. The second point is that the density of water is much higher than that of air, so there's a lot more of it close to you when you're exposed to it, right? Uh, And because of this high density, it just transfers energy that much faster. And heat is transferred when molecules hit one another, so greater density means more molecules are close together, which means more collisions and faster energy transfer. Experiment, you know, try to bake a potato in a 450 degree Fahrenheit oven while boiling a potato in a 212 degree Fahrenheit of water. You'll find that the one in water cooks a whole lot faster than the one in the oven. And that's because water just transfers energy faster. So 
So we've talked about some of the benefits of a sauna, but there are risks to the sauna as well, just like we discussed with ice baths. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> sauna bathing coupled with something like alcohol consumption or dehydration really increases the risk of sudden death. Um, being severely obese, having high blood pressure, or being diabetic all also serve as reasons to decrease the duration of sauna sessions. Okay, and now you mentioned at the start the Finnish sauna. What is a Finnish sauna and how is it different to other types? Well, the word sauna is actually an ancient Finnish word. Uh, so it does refer to both the traditional Finnish bath and to the bathhouse itself. And Western saunas originated in Finland where the oldest known saunas were made from like pits dug in a slope in the ground and primarily used as dwellings in the wintertime. Uh, the, the sauna featured a fireplace where stones were heated to a high temperature and water was thrown on the hot stones to produce steam and basically give you that sensation of increased heat. I understand they're quite common in Finnish houses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Finland, there are built-in saunas in actually almost every house, including communal saunas in the older apartment buildings. I believe since the 80s, private saunas have often been built into the bathrooms of typical Finnish flats in apartment buildings, uh, sometimes even in student housing as well. Were the Finns the only ones who used saunas? Oh no, definitely not. They were not alone. For example, the Koreans had them too. There is a traditional Korean sauna, which is a kind of like a domed structure constructed of stone that was first mentioned in journals from all the way back in the 15th century. There's also evidence that the Scots used saunas too. Uh, and archaeological sites in Greenland and Newfoundland found people uh, have uncovered, un uh, have, people have uncovered structures suggesting that those cultures also had saunas. Final question then. How is it that the wood structures in saunas don't rot or get moldy? Oh, so there's no big secret there. The sauna gets dry and it cools off in between uses, right? And so the rot and mold requires extended periods of warm and moist conditions. So while the sauna is being heated, it is not wet. It in, in fact is very hot and dry before you start throwing water on the stones. In modern times, they also use good wood in the construction, often things like pine and aspen trees. And they also treat the wood uh, with something like a paraffin oil that's regularly applied to ensure basically nothing can grow on that grain of wood. You know, it's just all about proper ventilation design, good wood treatment, and some regular maintenance. I see. Thanks, Kevin. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have suggestions and comments for us. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, please do take the time to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts because it helps other people to discover this podcast. As always, thanks to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.